0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, Jess, want to come for a ride on my motorcycle? You know, we can talk about our feelings and explore our emotional compatibility. I thought you'd never ask. The exchange you just heard didn't actually happen, but it could. Bundle your home and other vehicles with Progressive and you could use the savings to make sure the motorcycle is always ready for your dream girl. So keep the dream alive and the savings coming with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Never miss a moment of WGR Sports Radio 550 again. Rewind up to 24 hours with Odyssey Rewind. Download the Odyssey app, select WGR and go back in time. Driven by Northtown Automotive. Shop online at Northtownauto.com.
1: All right, good morning. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Nick Geary here in the driver's seat for the next uh, two hours or so. Joining me on the Western Hotline, my first guest of the morning and into the afternoon, is Ryan Talbot of New York Upstate. He's the co-host of the Shout Buffalo podcast with my man Matt Perino as well. Ryan, great to have you, buddy. Hope all is well. Um, hope you're gearing up for summer like I am. Uh, this this weather was a little bit of a tease the last couple of weeks, but uh, we're getting there, man. We're I feel like we're getting there.
2: Yeah, you're you're not wrong. You know, we get a few days here in a row that are beautiful and get you ready for the summer and then it uh hits you with the cold again, but definitely ready for that. Ready for the draft though next week and excited to be on talking with you.
1: So Ryan, you uh you get pretty plugged in on these draft visits, these top 30 visits and then kind of when we move into the UDFA process as well. Um what do you take if anything from these you know pre-draft visits. They can't draft all of them, right? They don't have enough picks to draft all top 30 picks that they're going to bring in. But, you know, when you kind of look at year-over-year trends, uh, they they brought in a bunch of corners last year and they took a corner. Would you say that them looking at as many wide receivers this year maybe indicates this team's really looking deeply into this wide receiver class, and does it necessarily mean they'll take one in the first if they're using top thirty meetings or top thirty, um, you know, uh, like like meet at like scouting meetings with these players? Or would you just say they want to bring in guys that they want to get a better look at and and potentially look at maybe beyond day one?
2: Well, looking at the top thirty visitors and the names attached to wide receiver, I, I think there's a legitimate possibility that at number twenty-seven, that's the route that they go. Uh, this regime has a history of selecting their first-round picks based on their top 30 visits. Uh, 2018, both Josh Allen and Edmonds were top 30 visitors at Oliver in 2019. Obviously, you had the COVID years in, in 2020 and 2021 where they couldn't have top 30 visits. Uh, but even last year, Kyrie Elam was one of the top 30 visitors for this team. So uh, since Brandon Bean has been here, every first-round pick has been a top 30 visitor. And, and like you said, you know, there's other positions too that they brought in, but you, you look at the names of, of the wide receivers, Smith and Jigba, you know, right now he's kind of that consensus wide receiver one. Probably isn't going to be there. Zay Flowers could be in their range. Uh maybe it's a lot of smoke, but a lot of uh you know, a lot of rumors or news linking him to the Giants, so they go at twenty five, so maybe not there for the Bills. Jordan Addison though is, is the one that I could really see the Bills zeroing in on in the first round if he's still there. It's funny, at the end of the college season, he was the consensus number one wide receiver in this draft class, and it happens every year between the combine, and uh, I don't know if it's just boredom or what. He's suddenly dropped down three, four spots in these wide receiver rankings, but the the film shows this, a great route runner, a great hand, someone that could come in immediately and be Buffalo's number three wide receiver, but has has the ceiling to be a, a wide receiver one in this league. Uh, And, you know, Brandon Bean said something interesting. He goes, sometimes when you draft a guy, you're going to get him on the field immediately, but you're also thinking one or two years ahead. And, you know, you look at Gabe Davis. He's entering the final year of of his rookie deal. He might not be here in 2024. And and, uh, Stefan Diggs, obviously, with that contract, is here for at least a year or two. Uh, But they might be saying, okay, we need to look ahead and try to find that heir apparent Uh, even at wide receiver one for Josh Allen when that day comes. And with with the cap pits and everything else in this league, yes, they're going to have more freedom next year with the NFL TV money coming in. Uh, But you also want to kind of lower those cap pits so you have more freedom to sign guys in free agency at other key positions. It does, Ryan. appear
1: that they seem to be sort of hedging their bets on wide receiver, right? Like they went out, they made some moves. They t- they signed Trent Sherfield, they bring in Deontay Harday, um, but they have not really hedged their bets at. And they even you could even say that they did a defensive tackle. Now, when you're talking about the future, they have a bunch of guys on expiring contracts at the defensive tackle position. They really have almost no one under under contract next year at defensive tackle, which I think makes it for a sneaky position they could address maybe early and maybe more than one time in this draft. However. Like, they did not really hedge their bets at all at linebacker, at middle linebacker, right? They lose Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you know, they, they did just bring in, uh, AJ Klein again, but I, I'm not really certain that that, that, that's a guy I view as someone that can play 17 games at Mike Linebacker in this defense. So I would say that if they've hedged bets at other positions, just in case they don't get their guy in the draft in the first round, they didn't really do that at linebacker. And d- does that maybe speak to a little bit of, it's the most glaring hole on this team? I think everyone else, other GMs know this, other, Draft prognosticators know this, and yet there doesn't really seem to be the perfect fit at 27 for them to take a linebacker. It really seems like linebackers are going to start falling between like 35 and maybe 50, again, which is kind of right in the range of the Bills not being there. And I'm sort of wondering what your overall philosophy on what they might do to address the middle linebacker position, which we know is important to Sean McDermott's defense and always has been. He's always had somebody there, Luke Keekly and um, obviously Tremaine Edmonds. But like, I I think about this too, Ryan, in the same question of what their philosophy should be and and how they attack the linebacker position is, does the linebacker position actually like really mean more to a Sean McDermott's defense than like a Bill Belichick's defense?
2: Well, I I think actually in many ways it does. And at the end of the season, you know, being and McDermott both talked about how they put rankings on certain positions and, how certain positions on their defense or even on their offense might be ranked higher than other teams. And, you know, they went out early on in this regime and they drafted Edmonds in the first round. And Matt Milano was a 2017er that uh, turned into a star for this team, but we've seen how important those two have been to the defense. Now with Edmonds gone, uh, I do think there is a hole there. And you mentioned it didn't bring anyone in, at least that we know of, on top 30 visits and even the private workouts. We haven't seen them linked to any of the top guys at linebacker, but I think the Bills also realized, one, none of the linebackers in this draft class maybe necessarily are a first-round value. Now, maybe at 27, they surprise and uh, they take a Drew Sanders who mock Dress have really liked, or, or a Camp Bell, who uh, I really like, but I, I feel like their fits are in round two, like you said, and uh, if it's a round two pick, you know, they, they've done their due diligence on these guys, regardless of a top 30 visitor or private workout or if they had him for a Zoom or not. Uh, they met with him at the combine. They, they talked to the coaches of all these guys. Obviously, Campbell is working with uh, Luke Keekley so they can talk to Keekley about him as well. Uh, I do see them being in, in play for a linebacker on day two of the draft if one is there. And if one does fall in that 50 range, Uh, Trading up on day two would definitely be something I could envision them doing, but uh, I also think the Bills are saying all the right things right now in case they miss out on those linebackers in terms of, we like the guys that we have, we want to have that internal competition, Uh, they, they obviously drafted a linebacker third round last year, we did not get to see him on the field very much in Terrell Bernard, but you know, they're saying he has the ability to play that role. Uh, Bale Inspector tested off the charts in, in RAS uh, in terms of that athleticism, and, and if that's what they're looking for, he has a year under his belt in the system. You bring him in, you give him the chance to compete. Obviously, Dodson has is, is been here for quite a few years, and maybe this is finally his opportunity, and you mentioned Klein. So they've got guys in the event that they miss out on one of these players, but they're also not going to pass on, on one of these top linebackers if one either falls into their lap on day two or if they can trade up and get one of those guys uh, within that range on day two.
1: Bill's writer for New York Upstate, Syracuse.com. He's the co-host of Shout Buffalo Football Podcast with Matt Perino. Ryan Talbot joining me on the Western Hotline talking some Bills, talking draft. So, you know, you talked about the opportunity to trade up in that second round and, you know, some of the conversations and some of the things that were have, that Brandon Bean has said in public, maybe even as late as last week, talking about how many first round grades. And this is always, for whatever reason, Ryan, a top, like a, like a hot button topic for people to talk about is, oh, well, you know they only have fifteen or seventeen first round grades. What the heck? and like every year that seems to be some level of conversation uh and it's no surprise that it is again, but because he sort of mentioned almost feeling like a level of maybe disappointment about um how deep this draft is in terms of first round grades it, what's a scenario in your mind that might fit best for the bills to move back, and maybe that's the best scenario for the bills, almost like the same way that buddy Nicks. Sort of justified taking e- EJ Manuel, right? Which was like they could have stayed at whatever it was, eight or nine, and taken EJ Manuel, and people probably would have been very upset with that pick. But he ends up moving back. You know, we know that they and Tavon Austin goes in that pick to the Rams, and the Bills move back to what is it, sixteen, seventeen, and then they end up taking EJ Manuel, and you almost hedge it a little bit, and you say, well, you know, we could have taken him at eight, but we feel much better about taking him at seventeen. And is that maybe maybe the best scenario for the Bills to take a, a linebacker without maybe? Mm, over-drafting a player and and at the same time maybe picking up an asset or two? Or the scenario that I'm kind of falling more and more in love with, if they can find a way to make it work, is trading back with Arizona and using the, you know, the 27th pick to flip back with 34 and find a way to get DeAndre Hopkins.
2: You, you know, if that latter situation can come to fruition, that would be ideal. Obviously, there, there's cap issues that would have to be worked out there. Uh, but Hopkins would kind of show that the bills would be going all in on on this season. And, you know, Brandon Bean has kind of said, well, I don't want to just kind of go the Rams route and go all in. Uh, But the Rams have a Lombardi trophy in their trophy case from going all in. And and right now, you know, the bills don't. So there's something about maybe going all in when you feel like you have that talent, when you have a lot of these guys that are getting older, uh, at key positions on this team, maybe going all in is not the worst philosophy so, if that latter situation could happen, yes, I, I would definitely be all for that if I were a Bills fan. That being said, trading down, obviously, if you have to find the trade partner, and there there could be a few in this draft class. And, and Matt and I have kind of talked on Chow about uh, the the fact that a, a Hendon Hooker, for instance, could still be there late in round one. And a, a team that misses out on a quarterback early might really like Hooker as that guy that you can. Uh, develop as your your franchise quarterback. And it's important to get a, a quarterback in round one because of that fifth-year option, uh, if, you, if they're a hit, then you're going to have them on a cost-controlled deal for that extra year. So maybe there's a team uh, that wants to trade up to 27 for that. When we had Joe B on the pod, uh, Wingnuts recently, he mentioned actually tight ends another position where someone might want to trade up because, oh, right behind you is Cincinnati. And uh, they're probably going to be in play for one of the top tight ends. So if you want to get your guy, you might want to trade ahead of them, and that would let the bills drop back too. So, yeah, if they acquire an extra day two pick and a, and a few other picks along the way and make that work in their favor, yes. If if you end up taking a linebacker early in round two, that that definitely softens the blow. Or you can take it with one of your other your original second round pick if someone falls there too. So. Uh, all about trading back It's just a matter of finding that trade partner, and then the kind of last area
1: I wanted to ask you about because I I think you know linebacker, defensive tackle, these are and in, in even tight end to a certain extent have field have felt like the most in vogue positions to talk about with the Bills. You know, one position that I think everyone will try to just continue to talk about is running back. I I've got the distinct feeling that the the room is settled. I I, I like Harris a lot as your your Singletary replacement that I think brings you a little bit more. Uh, bang for your buck, a, a better maybe north-south runner, um, and a guy that can break off big runs. I mean, as on display multiple times against this Bills defense. Uh, do do you still get the sense that maybe this is a team looking to add another running back? I, I don't suspect that. Even if BJ, B. John Robinson is there at twenty-seven, first of all, I don't think he will be. I, I don't think the Bills go anywhere near that. And and the only reason is because of the amount of money that they've dedicated to a Hines and to a. Now I, I know you know Harris ends up being like a million and a half or something, but. I just it feels like that room is is maybe the most sealed, signed, sealed and delivered room on the roster. As like this is what we're going to go into game day. If they want to add a body in the sixth round or in a UDFA, I think that makes a lot of sense to me, a Blackshear from last year. But I I just do not get the sense, Ryan, that this is a team that's going to spend a premium asset, a, a top three, um, you know, first, second, or third round pick on a running back. Are are you kind of along that lines as well?
2: You know, I'm more along those lines than expecting them to take one early. If Bijan does fall to 27, though, it's going to be an interesting conversation to be had because we've heard over the years about Buffalo's interest in running backs. And obviously, Travis Etienne is the first one that comes to mind. Last year uh, with Brees Hall, those ended up being more rumors than truth. But I, I really do think a few years ago, they were all in on getting a guy like Etienne. And Bijan Robinson's uh, more talented, at least coming into this league than an ETN. We saw ETN could do last week, different skill sets and things like that, obviously. But if he were to fall, I think the Bills will have a tough decision to make because he's definitely going to be a guy that they have a first-round grade on. It's going to test Brandon Bean in terms of his philosophy. Best player available. Yeah, his (laughs) his best player available. Because if he were there at 27, there's not going to be anyone else that I think is going to be close to him. Uh, So that's the only scenario there. But I do think they really like this running back room. They like Damian Harris for what he can do obviously, there's injury concerns there based on his uh, what he's done in his career with New England. Uh, I think that they really like Naheem Hines, that they reworked his deal to make sure he could be there. But th- those are two guys that you could potentially kind of get out of those deals if you needed to, especially Harris, not much guaranteed to him. Uh, but the biggest reason I would be against it is it kind of devalues James Cook, a guy that you just mm. spent a second-round yep. pick on one year ago and i get that maybe he's not a traditional three down back but that doesn't mean that you cannot utilize him and still make him your lead back and give him a a set amount of carries or touches uh per week because i like what we saw from him in, in that limited role last year where he would break off you know 10 20 yard runs and we didn't really get to see him enough as a pass catcher in my opinion uh but he was supposed to be the best pass catcher in that draft as well so i still think there's Uh, a lot to his game that the bills can can utilize this year and beyond
1: all right ryan appreciate you buddy enjoy uh enjoy the enjoy the draft next week obviously i mean a lot of prep work goes into that so uh good luck with that and uh, we'll talk
2: again soon i'm sure my friend hey sounds great thanks for having me on we get it
0: attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio